So we touched on the Open Championship with Paul Stone. That'll be up shortly. Fast Lane, Ned Lane, where you listen to podcasts. Uh, and of course, if you want his outlook on that and the upcoming college football season, check out paulstonesports.org. Over 55% against the spread is monitored by the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City, which is an independent third-party source for uh, checking on handicapping. So sometimes on social media, you'll see people posting their results, and maybe it omits certain details. But uh, Paul, fully transparent, which... uh, is why we can provide that insight for you in the fast lane because it's open, transparent, and therefore as uh, well researched as uh, as you come to expect from somebody who's been doing this for as long as Paul has. He also focuses on college football and college basketball. The hoop stuff is for another time, but college football season is quickly approaching, including next week where we will be in Charlotte for the ACC football kickoff ourselves. Paul, you have been handicapping and looking at the upcoming conferences for college football. Uh, a bigger picture overview. How much do you recommend? Let's say for our listeners, we've got the Sun Belt with James Madison and Old Dominion, the Conference USA with Liberty University, and the ACC with Virginia Tech and Virginia. Kind of three conferences that are in our backyard and listeners may be most familiar with or become familiar with in the case of Liberty and Conference USA. How much do you advise folks that are especially new to the sports betting to focus on a couple of conferences where they might have a little bit more insight as opposed to trying to manage everything with over 130 teams in 1A FBS college football? Yeah, I think you hit the nail, uh, nail on the head there, uh, Ed, especially for, for people who are who are new to sports handicapping. You know, I believe, uh, as you've indicated, in specializing I specialize in those three sports, college football, college basketball, and golf. And I think for a newcomer, it's even important to kind of par it down and to specialize on certain conferences within that huge structure. And it only makes sense that you would concentrate regionally on the teams that you are most you know familiar with, the teams and leagues that you have more access to information through media and other sources – uh, you just know more about the you know the program, so that's certainly a a great suggestion and a great way to introduce yourself to handicapping rather than looking at 133 teams and basically being a, a jack of all teams but a, a master of none. You know, get into those those conferences, those three that you mentioned, uh, where the Virginia teams play, and, and concentrate on that. Uh, spend your time wisely and see how you do. Paul, in the spirit of doing that, we'll look at Conference USA. That's the new one because it's the first year the Liberty Flames are going to be in that particular conference. They go from being an independent to a Conference USA member. Um, With that change comes a different schedule for Liberty. And correct me if I'm wrong, but in kind of doing my research this offseason and uh, trying to parse through others' expertise, this may be a year where Liberty is power rated lower because of the roster and coaching staff attrition and changes within the last year from Hugh Freeze and his group departing to Jamie Chabwell coming in. But because the schedule doesn't feature a BYU or an Arkansas or a Virginia Tech or in their heyday a UAB or even Wake Forest, but instead it's Conference USA and some other opponents, this might be a lower power rated Liberty team, but one that may actually be able to win more games just because of the way the schedule breaks. You're exactly right, Ed. I mean, looking at the Phil Stills magazine of 133 teams playing FBS football, uh, he ranks the uh, Flames schedule as the 133rd most difficult. So he says that the Flames <laughs> are make, uh, playing the, the easiest schedule uh, 
in college football this season. Conference USA, a league in massive transition. I think they got nine teams moved out, and you get uh, Sam Houston State and Jacksonville State, uh, first-year FBS members coming in along with Liberty, which was formerly uh, an independent. And not only that change for Liberty, but as you mentioned, Hugh Freeze, after four seasons, uh, leaves for Auburn. In steps Jamie Chadwell, who did a uh, he just orchestrated a nice turnaround at his previous stop there at the Coastal Carolina. Uh, Going to be interesting, you know. I think in this particular conference, Western Kentucky stands out to me. It's a nine-team league, uh, only seven teams eligible for the uh, conference title, with Liberty being one of those eligible teams. I do have Liberty actually pirated as the second best team in the entire league. Uh, seven and a half points behind Western Kentucky. The Flames, as you mentioned, lost a lot of players. Uh, they lost 36 lettermen, a lot of those through the portal to other schools. But if, you know, if they get some, you know, especially at quarterback, if, if Jonathan Bennett uh, and or Caden Salter can step up their game at quarterback, they could be a factor in this, uh, in this race. And if Western Kentucky falters, the Flames could uh, perhaps be on top at season's end. Paul, you mentioned that Western Kentucky's the favorite. They're at about plus 130 or so, 1.3 to 1 odds. Liberty I've seen around plus 250, 2.5 to 1 odds. Do you see the Flames as having uh, what it takes to challenge Western Kentucky, or do you believe maybe the smarter bet is on Western Kentucky given that they return quite a bit from last year's team and uh, obviously have that continuity that Liberty does not have right now? Yeah, I mean, I've taken Western Kentucky, and I would have to recommend the Hilltoppers. They're just so good offensively. Uh, They've got a veteran quarterback in uh, quarterback uh, Austin Reed. Threw for well over 4,000 yards last year, I think over 40 touchdowns. They've got a lot of skill people back. Their offense is just far superior to any other team in that conference. So uh, I like Western Kentucky to win it, uh, and that's – but, you know, again, you know, if Reed were to – to, to get injured or, or something along those lines. And sometimes teams, the chemistry uh, with the changeover, things just don't click. Uh, if there's an opening, you know, Liberty's probably next in line. So it'll be uh, really interesting to see how they adapt to playing in a uh, conference this year. Pro handicapper Paul Stone stepping into the fast lane, paulstonesports.org, and subscribe to the podcast. A new episode's going to drop within the next couple of days, and uh, a lot of nuggets of wisdom you can glean from each of those as well. Paul, we mentioned Liberty and Western Kentucky kind of being two, Liberty and Western Kentucky one, as far as the teams atop the conference. Have you identified a potential dark horse in this conference that's piqued your interest in fans uh, that are new to this conference, like Liberty fans, might want to monitor? You know, not not really. Um, I, I've, I've obviously looked at it. I mean, I think a team that could make some noise uh, would be UTEP. That's a team that I've played over their win total of five and a half. So even though I was kind of wavering there at first, UTEP might be that team because they've got a, a quarterback in Gavin Hardison who started 29 games. They've got a pretty uh, solid defense there. They've got continuity in the coaching staff. So UTEP might be that team. And, again, I played them at the over five-and-a-half regular season wins uh, at plus money. Paul, shifting over to the Sun Belt, where JMU and Old Dominion reside, starting with the JMU Dukes. They're a team that, uh, you know, should have been eligible for a bowl, but that's a topic for a different day. The NCAA's rules, I'll call them archaic, say that's not an option for JMU and still is not this coming year. How does that factor into your handicapping of this team, particularly in the latter part of the season? 
Well, you know, you know, J- James Madison last year. First of all, they exceeded my expectations. You know, they win eight games in their first uh, season as an FBS member. They do have some new faces, especially on offense. They got to replace their quarterback uh, Todd Santeo. They've got to replace a 900-yard rusher, a uh, thousand-yard receiver. But I think they could again have one of the league's best defenses, and that's despite the loss of uh, defensive end Isaac Ukwu. He transferred to Ole Miss after being a first-team all-conference selection last year. The Dukes obviously need someone to step up the quarterback, and we're going to find out a lot about JMU early in the season as they travel to Virginia, Troy, and Utah State on successive Saturdays in September. I'm not stepping out on a huge limb here, Ed, but I currently project Virginia to be favored by one in Charlottesville versus James Madison in Week 2. I'll go ahead and take the Dukes to knock off the Cavaliers in the second week of the season there in Charlottesville. More on the who's in a little bit with Paul Stone. Uh, but ironically, the other part of the Sun Belt in the Commonwealth is Old Dominion, who opens their year at Virginia Tech. It's not over at Old Dominion, so that home field advantage that seems to have been there, not going to be a factor in this one on the season opener. Uh, but it's ironic because the Old Dominion Monarchs, they lose their top wide receiver to Virginia Tech. Uh, are they an example of a team that you have to reset annually because of the attrition, some guys to the NFL, but even others to the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Ali Jennings, who uh, you know probably the top player in the football program right now, transfers to Virginia Tech. And I think this is just, uh, and I use the word uh, accurately in my opinion, it's just the sad truth of the transfer portal. You know, the Monarchs coming into this season, they lose more than 30 lettermen from last year only have seven starters coming back from a three-win team. And, uh, you know, the roster is just getting cannibalized by these these larger schools that, uh, you know, some of the players maybe think the, the grass is a little bit greener on the other side of the fence. But those are the rules. I think it's going to probably be another long season for uh, Old Dominion. And uh, they've, they're only 15-42 uh, and 42 the last five years versus FBS opposition. So, Hopefully they'll uh, have some surprises, but uh, not expecting much out of the Monarchs this year. Meanwhile, in the ACC, speaking of not expecting much, uh, you know we like Tony Elliott here in the fast lane. It's uh, amazing how admirable he's been in terms of navigating the tragedy on grounds. But you know, if you're making football observations, you do have to to look at things beyond that. Uh, what's your observation on a Virginia team that you expect to be uh, close to a pick'em against JMU and? having a brutal schedule non-conference, not to mention once ACC play gets underway. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, last season's tragedy uh, underscores the insignificance of college football, you know, in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, it's an understatement to say that that Tony Elliott, um, you know, he had a trying season. I I can't imagine a more trying first season uh, of any other head coach maybe in the history of college football. They win three games. They go three and seven. Uh, the last two games obviously canceled, so they only played a, a, a ten-game schedule. But two of those wins, two of the three wins against Richmond and Old Dominion, um, the Cavaliers clear losers in the portal in the offseason. They lose veteran quarterback Brennan Armstrong to North Carolina State. Their top two defenders probably uh, linebacker Nick Jackson and cornerback Ventrell Cypress the second. They both uh, transfer out. Those guys both all-conference performers. Uh, Jackson to Missouri and Cypress to Florida State. So I think it's going to be another 
tough year for the Hoos. And, uh, you know, Tony Elliott, Scott is the former uh, Clemson offensive coordinator. He's got his work cut out for him there, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Meanwhile, Virginia Tech, as Paul Stone is with us from paulstonesports.org in the fast lane, they are at about five to five and a half, depending on where you look for their projected win total. Do you see a path to them going over, under? Do you kind of lay off this one thinking that number's about right? I think the number's about right, but, uh, you know, like uh, Elliott, uh, former Penn State defensive coordinator Brent Pry. In his second season uh, here at the helm of the Hokies, Virginia Tech goes three and eight last year in Pride's first season. Uh, but they certainly, I mean, you look at their, you know, progress from the, the beginning of the season to the end, and there was certainly some clear progress in my mind. Uh, quarterback Grant Wells, I think he's going to be the, the guy again this year. He should be better in his second year as the Hokies starter. He's taken more than 2,200 uh, snaps at the FBS level. Virginia Tech, I think they improved through the portal. They got a few skill players who are going to help them on offense. Uh, they got the running back Tootin out of North Carolina A&T. He rushed for more than 1,300 yards last year. Uh, they had receivers. We said Jennings from Old Dominion also added Jalen Lane from Middle Tennessee State. You know, I'm certainly uh, more optimistic about the Hokies' possibilities coming into the year than the Cavaliers. I believe they have a shot at six wins, which would make them bowl eligible. Uh, but that, uh, again, I'm seeing five uh, juice to the under at minus 125 at one of the shops right now. But it would certainly be a, a nice step for Pry to lead Virginia Tech. Uh, to bowl eligibility in year two, and that's certainly doable. Last question for Paul with us in the fast lane. When we last spoke, Paul, you mentioned Florida State and Clemson being right up there. Florida State 10th, Clemson 9th in your power rankings uh, from the ACC being clear-cut above the rest of the conference. We've seen surprising teams like Wake Forest and Duke the last handful of years. We've seen overachievers like Pitt and sometimes NC State. We've seen talented teams that maybe haven't met expectations at times. Louisville, North Carolina, certainly Miami all comes to mind. Who out of that grouping outside of the ACC, if you had to pick her outside of that top two, if you have to pick one to overachieve and one to underachieve relative to those expectations, where are you looking? You know, probably a team maybe that could that could upset, the, you know, the, the Clemson-Florida State stronghold at the, at the top might be North Carolina. You know, they obviously uh, – can play offense. You know, they've got a, they can get the ball in the end zone. They've got a Heisman Trophy hopeful at uh, quarterback in uh, Drake May. Uh, defense has been, uh, will likely continue to be their Achilles heel. Uh, they've given up an average of 29 points or more in each of the past three seasons. But they are a team, if they can get better on defense, they certainly have the offensive firepower to challenge. So they might be a team uh, that I would predict to, uh, to be better than expected. Uh, and I tell you, the job that Dave Clawson's done at Wake Forest, I really respect him. Uh, I think he's done an exceptional job there in Winston-Salem. But the quarterback change, I, I think they're going to lose quite a bit going from Sam Hartman to Mitch Griffiths. And Wake Forest would probably be the team just at first glance that I would uh, anticipate maybe falling shortly below expectations in 2023. Paul, we're grateful for that insight. We'll keep it locked to Paul Stone Sports on Twitter, the Paul Stone Sports Podcast, and paulstonesports.org, where our listeners can go for signing up for member-only access as college football season approaches. Paul, we appreciate your time with us today in the fast lane, going double dip on golf and college football, and we'd love to have you back on whenever it suits your schedule. 
Absolutely. You guys call anytime. Love talking golf and certainly love talking college football. Y'all have a great rest of the summer. Indeed. Paul Stone with us here in the Fast Lane on W226BG Timberlake, WVGM AM Lynchburg, WMNA, Gretna, Danville, Southside, the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, and the Virginia Talk Radio Network. That does it for us today. He referenced Phil Steele. We'll actually uh, try to chat with Phil tomorrow and maybe even Friday to talk some college football in the Fast Lane. If you missed anything, Ty Tracy 90 those are his handles on Twitter and Instagram. Trey Lyle VT for Trey's. We're at Fast Lane Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts, and back tomorrow afternoon at 5 on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.